0: Glorious humans, gentle ladies, ladmen, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com Hi.
1: I'm your co-host JM And I'm your co-host Robbie. JM you put a little extra sauce on that intro. I did. I You did, did. you really I could tell you were really savouring it this week.
0: I was I was trying not to just rush through it.
1: I noticed. It was a noticeable difference. So well good. done.
0: Thanks. I hope that, it I hope it had uh, some effect.
1: That's your actor's training coming through, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. It is. Uh, speak- I spent uh, I mean I got a degree in it, so I know how to sometimes speak more quickly and
1: sometimes speak more slowly. It's very good. So much Thank control. You. Thank you. But uh you've been uh you've been doing some acting recently, is that right? Uh, have I? i think so voice acting with your voice
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. i just had a gig oh man i left my windows open and now my neighbor's dog is barking and robbie's Great. gonna have to fix it and i'm so sorry robbie <laughs> it's fine um uh yeah you uh i had a gig and then i got to do the uh my friend pedro uh devs react uh yes pedro, which was a lot of fun uh yeah, which was people seem to like it. It was a good time. It's out on the YouTube. You can Google IGN Devs React My Friend Pedro. You don't even have to put the IGN in there, and then you can look it up. Yep, and it's there. It's pretty darn funny.
1: It's great, man. I th- I think it's great. I'm glad that you were game uh, for for jumping on and uh, performing as Pedro. Yeah, I'm have glad you had, you had a-, a
0: scheduling conflict.
1: Yeah, have you have you? Performed Pedro before, or have you only recorded no. The parts? No. I the mean, game? I
0: did the the trailer. Have you ever done
1: it on a live stream or anything?
0: No, I no, no.
1: Oh yeah. wow! So that was like your, that was Pedro's live <laughs> was a... acting debut.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was my first time being in character as Pedro. I mean, I did the thing a long time ago on Devolver Public Access where I was a floating banana, but it was a different personality. Right. It was more like the weird, awkward, like, spooky salesman thing, uh, uh, like, and then Jared was playing the game, and I was like, hey, Jared, what a wonderful time we're having and weird shit like that, but it was not uh, the, like, hello, it is me, Pedro.
1: Ooh. Well, Ripe for Revenge is out now, so we'll it get is. that little plug in there. You can uh, you can download it on your phone, and uh, guess how much it costs, Jam. It's free. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. Amazing.
0: Unless you want to not have to start over from the beginning, then it's three bucks.
1: Yeah, and if you want to be a nice person and uh, give the developer some money, which I think he deserves. But made clear last time on the show, he doesn't need. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he doesn't need it.
0: Uh, but I mean, that was, that was also what was really nice about being able to do this right for revenge is that we got to test out this sort of model because he doesn't need the money. He's, he's doing all right. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously he deserves money, give him money, but, um, and us, um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's nice that we had the, you know, the freedom to do that test. Yeah. To experiment with that.
1: That's it. You live and you learn. And, um, yeah, I guess you can all uh, look forward to more uh, forays into the uh, the wonderful monetization world of monetization models. from your friends at Devolver Digital.
0: <laughs> it's your money, but it'll be ours soon.
1: <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, speaking of friends of Devolver Digital, JM.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: Robbie. <laughs> I have one uh this person has been a friend of devolver and mine for a number of years now um but we've never had a chance i'm really
0: good at improv robbie i'm really good at improv (laughs) and like i did that whole my friend pedro thing as pedro improv it was really good and it i just realized that i have no idea how to improv through your segues. i just realized (laughs) that all i do is go yes Robbie <laughs> and then just hold on for the ride okay yeah. keep going. well Your that's friends. you
1: know that's because you're a good you're a good improv partner because you're you're giving me room <laughs> Clear anyway, the runway. we have a friend of Devolver uh mm. and uh this is a guy who I've known for quite some time um but I don't let me introduce him let's let him introduce himself There we go okay test your
2: microphone yeah it's working it, okay right, waveforms are waving back at me so we're all good
1: brilliant okay so that is what we need because um everyone's just listened to the intro was expecting you to, to hop in and say hello i'm matt but that didn't happen because uh well we'll blame it on what should we blame it on
2: A user error is probably best. Let's let's be honest, let's just own up to our mistakes. (laughs) Beautiful.
1: Well, um, hello, Matt. Hello. So, uh, why don't you introduce yourself so that we know who you are? Sure thing. Kick off this second. stab
2: second at, attempt an at interview yeah. because the, fir- the first interview was just too dangerous for, for podcast <laughs> uh, my, my name is matt martin um i have been a games journalist for 20 plus years um and i'm starting to feel it quite significantly um so yeah that's that's my basic background i guess and the reason why i'm here
1: it is we've known each other for well not that long but Quite a few years. Yeah, definitely.
2: Definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, basically when I was working on vg twenty four seven, I guess. But I mean, if we want to go from the start, um, I started 20 plus years ago on a PlayStation 2 magazine. Before the PlayStation 2 was actually out, it was about three months before the PlayStation 2 was launched in Japan. So I'm
1: curious about this, How, but you obviously knew it was coming. So that's why yes. you started the magazine. Yeah. So there was already information out there. Yeah and you just decided to start a magazine
2: well, well no i mean i joined the magazine the magazine was already running as a playstation one magazine right but they oh, were so they were gearing, okay. they were, well, so they were gearing up to transition to the uh, to the playstation 2 what magazine um, was it I uh, this before. so it's a magazine called well, was a magazine called psi 2 uh, wow, which, I don't uh, even yeah. remember that one. No, <laughs> you won't you won't because it had such piss poor distribution. It was like twelve thousand copies that used to go into the local spa or whatever. <laughs> like we couldn't the, the, the company wouldn't pay for distribution into WH Smith's, which is obviously WH Smith's in the UK was the big place yeah. to get your magazines and newspapers. Um, but the company that I worked for that published the magazine, publishing the magazine was like a side project. What they really did was they created cheat discs for the PlayStation. Uh, and, you know, those are the kind of cheat discs that you would start playing your game, uh, you'd press pause, you'd whip the disc, the game disc out, put the cheat disc in, spin it, and then replace the game disc, and then, you know, bada being, you would be able to cheat on your, your games, you'd have a thousand lives or whatever. Um, that was what it did on the tin but secretly those discs allowed you to play burnt discs so you could get a copy of a <laughs> PlayStation 1 game for a fiver off the geezer in the market off Dave off dodgy <laughs> Dave down market and you could use the cheat disc to swap in these burnt DVDs oh or DVD-Rs basically um that you know so that's what they were that's what the company specialized in um <laughs> so you worked for it you started your
1: video game journalism career at a magazine that was basically a front <laughs> yes uh, yeah exactly For that. selling hacked
2: playstation yeah things. pretty much yeah so i mean it was obviously very iffy so the the playstation magazine itself didn't get any support from sony you know un- understandably we got support from third-party publishers and developers and stuff but sony uh wouldn't give us any access uh and you know uh PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 only published a lot of first-party games. Not as much as they do now, but fucking loads, basically. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they didn't approve, obviously, Um, which meant that we couldn't get um, uh, test kits. A a test kit is a PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2 that game developers would have, and they could test their code as they were building the game. Um, So they didn't have any kind of... uh, encryption on or anything like that. And Sony would send them out to journalists so that journalists could play pre-release code. Uh we couldn't get those, they wouldn't send them to us, obviously. Um so there was a department in the company that was kind of like the the black ops department, I guess. <laughs> like you weren't allowed in there, you didn't talk to them. But basically they got hold of some PlayStation twos uh from Japan the day it was released. Uh got them shipped over at like twenty four hour shipping. And then they basically uh Pulled the mag the machines apart. They pulled the PS2 apart. They pulled all the guts out and um, kind of got round the encryption and you know the the super secret stuff that means you can't fuck around with these machines. Uh, and they opened it all up so that they could play uh, any old discs on it, basically. Um, so then we would get game code and game code and play them on uh these dodgy playstation 2s that i like, literally had the the roof of the the playstation ripped off the top uh you know there was wires hanging out it, it, there's a good chance you'd get a shot from it because they were using <laughs> step-down adapters um and the discs that you, you you put a disc in and it spin as normal as you would expect because there was no roof on the playstation yeah and it was only held on with a little magnet there was a good chance it would spin off so you'd have to put like a block of fucking blue tag on there to hold it in place so yes i started writing about playstation games on a dodgy uh, dodgy mag were but you a ga-
1: quite... were you a gamer before you started there
2: I, I i was i was lapsed i think is the best way to describe it like <laughs> i had a i had the atari 2600 when i was a kid uh, and then when i got a bit older i had a Mega Drive, and I was obsessed with the Mega Drive. I fucking loved it. Yeah, um, it was nice. you know, if if I if I was on a desert island, and, you know, and I can only take one console, the Mega Drive would be it. Do you know what I mean? Really? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. With all those side-scrolling shooters and adventure games, just beautiful, man. Do you know what I mean? Like hours of fun. Yeah. Um, so, and then I went, oh, then I went away to college, and obviously couldn't afford a PlayStation One because um, they're expensive and games are yeah. expensive. Um, so. No, I mean, you know, so I was kind of a lapsed gamer when I left college and I just wanted a job writing um, in magazines or newspapers or some form. I knew that's what I wanted to do journalism or feature writing or something like that. And I was doing some freelance work uh, for music mags and and stuff like that, but nothing solid. And I was desperate for a full time job as well because I had. You know, debts to pay after being at college. Um, I saw an advert for a job uh, on a PlayStation 2 magazine. and thought well, this is a, a good opportunity. You've got a very slim chance, but you know, mm. it's, I sent a really, uh, a really cocky email to the to the publisher like obviously took his attention and he probably thought who's this asshole do you know what i mean like it was a really or oh, I, I cringe thinking about it
1: what did you say
2: i was just i don't know man i just i can't i like i can't no, i can't he, i can't even even now me. yeah i was like you know just fucking like do you know what i mean like um you know, games journalism is, is stale and dull. Would you don't want to hire me because I'm a fucking, I don't know. Like Renegade. A pr- a yeah, I'm a rogue. <laughs> One man on a mission. Gonzo video. Yeah, video but, yeah let's get fucked. Let's get fucked and do some Gonzo game show. With, with a shotgun and some acid. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was some real, real bullshit. Um, but it got me in the door and I got the interview. Um, I got the interview and I panicked because I had, didn't have a PlayStation i was like I, i'm gonna talk bullshit so i borrowed a playstation off mate. um shout out to chris godwin for lending me a playstation um I and was... i think i borrowed like three or four games um played them obsessively for two weeks so that i had some knowledge uh so yeah it's good um but like, i think i borrowed driver which is great Classic. great racing game um uh metal gear solid which i barely played because i looked at it and you know, you've got to you've got to dedicate dedicate two weeks <laughs> on its own to the, to a metal gear game right um ten stealth assassins and die hard trilogy the, the oh, classic man. the classic bruce willis the um yeah so i i, I School. That was my PlayStation schooling, basically over two weeks. How
1: how long were you? How long were you working at that magazine for? How long was the magazine around for?
2: Uh, Question. I guess the magazine was around for about two and a half to three years. I was on there for about eighteen. I was on there for about eighteen. Um, and then I jumped ship to uh, another PlayStation magazine, and I I kind of worked my way up from staff writer to deputy editor and to editor. Oh wow! Was that a more legit? It was more PlayStation legit. PlayStation it was as outlet. legit as it was gonna be. You know, like this this was not in the me, the Games Media Hub of London or Bath or Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, this was in the north of England. So the first place I worked at in Stoke on Trent, which is you know, an old pottery's town, <laughs> not known for its Games Media, that's for sure. Um, and then the second place I worked at was in Macclesfield near Manchester, which wow. is uh, what comes from backersfield um, <laughs>
1: i don't know <laughs> i don't you know uh,
2: some that's it yeah, nothing basically um but yeah no it was more legit it was and it was good fun and it was solid and i met some great people there and started to do what i thought better mm.
1: i um, loved all those unofficial playstation magazines back in the day well unofficial just or, i mean most magazines were unofficial back then yeah i so you talked about mega drive i loved uh, well, ironically, they were both called Power. Sega Power yeah, was yeah. my favourite magazine when I was uh, into Mega Drive, and then PlayStation Power was my favourite PlayStation magazine.
2: Yeah, yeah, they were good mags. It, it, it was like a, it was there was a bumper crop on on the shelves, right? There was yeah, loads, tons. loads, of mags. You know, Mean Machines, Sega, and stuff. But even oh, yeah, mean even Space. the PlayStation days, there was loads of mags then. Yeah, you know, probably published and written by. The same people working across three or four different magazines. But, um, Did you say you launch? Did you say you launched a magazine as well? Yeah, I launched a little magazine called Station Gamer. Um, okay. Again, it wasn't a big mag. The, the, the only unique selling point of that was, for some reason, there was this trend to do small magazines in like an A five format. I don't know if you remember that. There was like a music Bagry. mag. Was a yeah, music revolver. I think yeah, was like a maybe, little one. yeah, there was yeah. a music magazine. There was some fashion magazines. I think the idea was to do a fashion magazine. You could put it in your handbag. Right? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> For some reason, we did, we 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 latched, we stole that unoriginal um, idea and made yeah. a small mag. It was good because you could actually cram it full of pages, so you could um, you could bring up a, a games developer. And so we're going to give you a twenty-page spread, and they're like, "Fucking hell, that's loads of coverage!" But it's because the pages are, you know, they're eight-five. <laughs> it's like a little fancy, um, but it was nice. It was glossy, you know, hard-backed—not uh, hard-backed. And, not hard-backed um, God, going back uh, saddle-stitched and stuff. But it was really—it yeah. was like a pretty little thing uh, that only got about four issues. Crashed uh, and burned. It was too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was where I learned my uh, basic yeah, game. So I'm when skilled.
1: did it? When did the transition to the internet happen
2: me uh for me personally i moved um i i could i, I could see the end coming for this magazine that I was working yeah. um in, in macclesfield and decided i need to do something different um so i kind of moved into the trade side of things uh, you know interviewing developers or uh, talking to retailers and, and uh yeah. you know that sort of thing so I joined um MCV as deputy editor which you know MCV is still going now it's still like yeah. UK trade uh paper publication magazine whatever mm-hmm. it used to be a weekly back then um so it was much more like working on a newspaper so I went down and worked in Hartford um and learned a lot of skills there. And I was only there for like nine months but I learned you know probably more mm. than I'd learned in the previous three or four years Um, because it was proper publishing do you know what i mean like it wasn't shoddy it was you know you got a weekly weekly deadlines you got daily deadlines basically pages have to go to print every day yeah um and you can't miss those deadlines otherwise you get fined and it's the publishing process and you get bollocks and your boss goes mental do you know what i mean so yeah and back then because
1: i i can remember uh like working in hmv and getting mcv and like um music maker was that the other one no what was it there was a there was a um there was a music magazine. industry one as yeah, well right by um, the same publisher I yeah can't i can't remember um but you know working in V, which is a big chain store like you, you use those papers for your Industry news. That yeah, yeah. For industry it. news, like, that's how you knew to... what like other retailers were doing. Yeah, you for, what, for uh... stocking levels as well. Yeah, right? yeah, so you yeah. know what
2: product is coming out. Yeah, and so you you kind of you make a decision using something like that to help you make the decision to stock. All right, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna order ten thousand copies of this game. Yeah, and we're gonna have you know five in every store, or we're gonna order you know fifty thousand copies of this game. Yeah, um, you know. So it was like,
1: yeah, it was a legit it felt it's more from influential. moving from yeah moving yeah. from just like writing about video games yeah you know, it felt more
2: like you like... were more like you know i think the eternal question is is games media part of the game industry and it is and it isn't but when you work yeah. in the trade it, it certainly is do you know what i mean That's like how you help um on a good day you help the industry communicate itself and your, yeah i guess
1: rather <laughs> than writing,
2: you know, a shitty review and giving something three out of ten—that's <laughs> less important in that sense. Yeah.
1: Fuck reviews. <laughs> um, but so you went then from H
2: uh, and MCV, MCV to uh, games industry was. Yeah, the I went to gamesindustry.biz. I had a, you know I had a year of freelancing between uh, where I did a consumer journal and but then I went to gamesindustry.biz and I spent seven years there. And uh, yeah. you know that was uh, that was the the big one for me i suppose where i uh, i worked myself up to editor and then i think i, I was european wow. editor at the end of it and you know started off and there was only two of us on that site when it when i wow. uh, joined and then we staffed up to you know not a massive to about eight um you know yeah. uh worked with a really good I team think there it's much
1: bigger now is it it's, uh it's not it's much more... bigger
2: now no i don't yeah. think you need a big team for trade uh trade no. publication but yeah that was great you know that's where i met a million game developers, game publishers, yeah. financers, you know, everyone involved, you know, people that make packaging, people that create hardware, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, the whole lot, really. And it's where you meet all the eccentric people. It's where you meet the, the famous game developers. It's where you meet the game developers that have been doing it for years and, you know, uh, aren't well-known, but, are, you know, well-known within the industry. It's where you faces, where you go to events. It was It was yeah. awesome.
1: Did you meet any uh, heroes, any gaming Um, heroes?
2: Yeah, I guess so. I met, um, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I don't know, uh, Will Wright, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, Dave Perry, who did Earthworm Jim uh yeah. if you ever get a chance to speak to him speak to him about the time he met Michael Jackson uh <laughs> that, that guy's got stories for days um you know uh Ian Livingstone you know I was a massive yeah. um, final fan uh, fighting fantasy nerd uh, when yeah. I was a kid so you know to meet and interview him to you know, have a beer with him and talk about that sort of thing it's like just a complete buzz do you know what I mean like, yeah really cool and you know every day or every week you Talked to someone different, um, you know, Warren Spector, you know, mm-hmm. Deus Ex games and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a super cool job, basically. And, you know, I think we did some good stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was groovy. That was groovy time. Sick. Uh, so what happened after that, Matt? After that, uh, I did that for about seven years. Um, I got tired of, um, well, anyone can get tired of anything after seven years. I got a bit tired of, you know, doing the, the dry kind of stuff that's essential you know like the financial reports and mm. the investment reports and you know going to GDC sessions and, and listening to to rich white men selling telling you how they made millions <laughs> you know you know it, you know it, it got to me a little bit and at the time there was yeah. a lot of Facebook gaming and mobile There's a lot of fads coming and going yeah
1: it did and, sort of that that kind of period like the early 2010s i want to say was like a yeah. huge it, yeah it was all big mobile yeah because everyone was talking about everyone was like oh mobile is going to be the big thing and, yeah like and it, like, it
2: obviously you know, has its place and it's carved out it's it's thing yeah, and it's, of course. you know it's as, equally as important as consoles and stuff um but yeah um there was there was i remember going to things like gdc and and uh nordic game conference and there was just you know 90 percent those talks were about making money, and ten percent were about creativity. Mm. um And you know, like you have got to make money. Obviously, no one's going to begrudge you that. But it really kind of over seemed like it was overwhelming the industry for a couple. So well, it did to me yeah, personally. I suppose, anyway. well, I and I got, got would... a bit jaded with reporting about the trade.
1: If you were working there for seven years, I mean, the games industry is always constantly growing. Yeah, yeah. And now it's you know it's even bigger now than it was back then. But like. Yeah, I can understand, especially I suppose if you're just coming from consumer and just kind of having a bit of a laugh, and then doing the UK trade, and then going into the global industry stuff yeah. and but seeing I... the people, because I, I suppose you just—it's not just the people, it's not just the developers that you're encountering. Then you're
2: encountering the
1: the money men, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, to I enjoyed load of money and stuff
2: i i enjoyed it when you know when you go to places like um, brazil and and china and taiwan and korea and see how they're doing it completely differently you know that's really interesting um but then i don't know when you get back and you you sit in in a in a talk from a developer or a publisher and they're talking about taking pennies you know off people yeah like i understand it from a business perspective you know you know the perspective is not everyone's got sixty quid for a game, but they might have a tenner, and yeah. then and then you go well they might not have a tenner that week, but they might have fifty p. So let, what yeah. can we give them that's fifty p? So it's a virtual hat on a mobile game, and then and then it yeah. gets down to they haven't got fifty p today, they've got a penny. Let's take that penny off them. Yeah. do you know what I mean it's like yeah okay that's that's <laughs> business that's capitalism well done but I can't, I can't in all honestly sit and interview you about how you take pennies off children do you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's killing me really um and you know I like money as much as anyone I like to buy new shoes for just for the fucking sake of it but you know sometimes you gotta just you gotta step away from it. so yeah. anyway so I'd had enough of that um fortunately the company I work for gaming network also ran Eurogamer and uh, Metabomb and uh, a site called VG24Seven. So I moved over to VG24Seven, which is a pure consumer uh, website. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, At the time, it it was big, but it was only a small team. It's only ever been a small team, which is an advantage. But you know, it's more the more traditional consumer video game website of uh, news, reviews, you know, strong opinions, features, interviews. Uh, some video, stuff like that. So I moved over to that editor and she kind of built... Basically, uh, that site was great, but it was going through like a a flat period, right? So it wasn't growing um, and it wasn't really doing anything different, new. So it felt a bit stale, uh, you know, and and we all admitted that. So um, we kind of started from scratch and built that site to, to kind of give it an extra lease of life, so that was nice to join a new site and kind of do something completely different with it yeah Um, because it started off as a vg247 started out off as a blog basically and the idea was just to pump out news stories four or five six eight news stories an hour do you know what i mean every day um you know and it's a real churn churn fest but and and you know and it has something for everyone, but not a lot for. for, for not a lot. Not a lot in, yeah, in depth or meat or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and, and we could see that. That's why the site wasn't growing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They only had a very limited deal. So um, we decided to um, to cut back and only focus. I mean, it was brutal, but we just, we we're just only focusing on the games that our readers. Um, mm-hmm. Rather than reporting about mobile and Facebook and. Yeah, you know, console and pc we literally just identified the top 10 games and focused on those for, mm. for like two years basically um my, my kind of my bugbear with games media is uh it's so obsessed with what's coming next um yeah. that people can't actually relate to it your readers can't always relate. obviously they're excited about metal gear solid 7 or whatever or resident Evil, the next resi or whatever um as they should be um, but they can't relate to it, you, can, you know. There's only, you know, and you only get so much access. You only get the access that you're given at that point, which might be twenty minutes demo, twenty minute demo yeah. of a game, or some new screenshots, or a chat with the game developer. You know, two years before it comes out. Um, but you know what they can relate to is what they're playing right now, and what they're playing right now are the most mainstream games possible you know yeah. and you know you can look down your nose a little bit oh call of duty grand theft auto but they're, they're fucking great and they've got millions of players <laughs> daily yeah. do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so they're
1: fucking massive yeah
2: exactly so um we focused on 10 big games just by looking at our traffic listening to our readers and and you know you get a lot of stick um yeah for, for just covering those games and we got a lot got a bit of stick in the industry because you know you have to disappoint people to go can you write about our game so yeah like, no because no one's going to read it so it's kind of <laughs> But it's a waste of your, you know, it's a waste of your developers talking to us. It's a waste okay, of our time transcribing. Really true. You know, I'm pretty
1: sure we had more than one conversation. <laughs> yeah, where probably. You know, the I, games were not being covered. Yeah, and, but, I, you know,
2: you feel like a bit of a prick for it, but um, I guess, you know, if we hadn't have done it, the site would still be thing, around the, and the, I wouldn't yeah, have a job. And, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and I, I also think
1: the thing is, it, it's, it's what you were saying about how, you know, the the site was just doing the same news as everyone else. It wasn't really standing out from the crowd and stuff like that. So weirdly, when VG247 went to, you know, these pillars, these 10 pillars or whatever, I think that actually made the website stand out. I think it did. Because it it became more of a destination for, like, oh, I want to know about this thing in GTA. I need, like what's the latest guide? You know, yeah. there's a new update. How do I get this? Or like, oh, what's the secret thing that I'm hearing about or whatever? Yeah, exactly. And because like... you were covering these games constantly, obviously you're like, oh God, we're going to bore everyone talking about SEO or whatever. But it meant that like, if people were out there Googling like, oh, best Destiny gun or whatever, yeah. then VG 24-7 was on that first page. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Like, um...
1: And once you, I always liked, and I always liked how it had... It just had the ten games like l- linked across the top of the page, <laughs> yeah. so it's like if you were there for one game, then it's like, oh, uh, this you is know, what Rainbow gave. Six is there or whatever. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. And then you just click through, and because th- that's the games. Is, you're right. That's the games people were playing, and Definitely. people who play those games play them every single fucking day. Yeah, that, this and is they great. and they want to find. The content that they're after yeah that, those games
2: day. those games are all consuming right if you play an mmo or you play gta online or destiny uh you know you're playing it every day yeah and you don't have a lot of time to play anything else so we were playing them every day and writing about them and you know becoming you know really drilling down and becoming specialists you know what i mean so we could yeah. write about one gun out of 200 and then you could write about all of those 200 guns <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or yeah. <laughs> you could do it with GTA with, with the cars and the updates. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, any slight update, you, you, you find you can really drill down and um, talk to the community about it and really uh, go in depth. You know, I remember writing about, um, uh, I think it was... A, I think you could finally put your money in a safe in GTA online. I might be <laughs> right. wrong. So, and so, you know, 2000 words on that, do you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Or, you know, 2000 words on the new, the new weapon or a new car or, a, you know, a, a slight change to a mode or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, and then you get, you get proper in-depth um material well yeah because like
1: these it. games these games are alive aren't they i mean i remember yeah. when we used to you you came on us with a trip once but this is back when i was working in indigo pearl which is the pr agency we worked with ccp on hmm. eve online and while that wasn't necessarily a big game for vg 24 it, 7 it still had the same sort of community and the stories that come out of it that absolutely 24 7 readers respond to um yeah. And that's great because you can go out there
2: and everyone's just partying. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> you just meet all these mad people. Who are you're, not just, um, you're not just you not at that point when you concentrate on games like that. You're not just writing about the game. You're writing about yeah. the community. You know, probably more than the actual game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And what they're doing and how they're creating their own things within the games. Like I always go back to GTA Online, but before they did the um, the bikers update, you could uh, there were there were people who had proper biker communities in there and they'd <laughs> made their own rules. Right, so. If you wanted to join a biker community, you had to go through a hazing. You had to, you know, walk around with no weapons. The rest of the crew would meet you, beat the shit out of you. You'd have to spend three months riding a shit bike, the shittest bike, uh, <laughs> dressed in like rags. Um, you had to donate your funds, like the money you made to the to the biker group to prove that you were dedicated. Um, you know, just all these little rules to, to go through this process to actually be accepted as the bike agency. And then, you know, Rockstar liked that so much that they adopted their own game. That's
1: fucking mad. Turned it into a
2: mode. Do you know what I mean? That's how, um, that's how the. You can just never
1: predict what people are going to do, can you? No. No. That's what I mean. Cool. That, I mean, that's the beauty of GTA Online as well, is just the fact that it allows for things
2: like that. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely. probably
1: allows for a load of, like, horrible shit as well, but I mean...
2: Probably, yeah, but all, yeah, I mean, all <laughs> online games do, Well, right? yeah, exactly. There you are weird, horrific communities in all yeah. online games, as much as they're a welcoming and, you know, creative experimental.
1: But I lo- I'm fascinated by people that, you know, will spend all day at work and then get home and, like, playing a video game is basically a second job yeah and they're yeah, just like absolutely. they go and live in another world yeah i mean i know second life was an actual game but it's like a second life for a lot of people
2: yeah yeah like uh, eve online is like famous for that massive you, yeah you, you know you get yourself a job transporting <laughs> you literally transporting job. cargo or whatever you know it's yeah like, wow that's it do you know what i mean like you know some people can go for the glamorous jobs online where they're you know the soldier <laughs> or, or whatever but some people literally just want to be the medic or yeah you know the, the supplies man or quartermaster or something do you know what i mean
1: yeah that's cool, cool. what it's did you what so, did you do a lot of role playing in gta online
2: uh no i was just, i was just all, like my first uh obsession was getting to level 100 right so i, un- right. I could unlock everything um and then you know I was purely selfish, I think. Before the heists <laughs> came out, I was purely selfish. It was just about getting getting get dat paper and-, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the cars and, the you know, the helicopters. And then I kind of, I left it after the yacht update. I got the yacht. I got the gold-plated yacht <laughs> with the jet skis and the helicopter pads <laughs> and the self-defense kind of early warning system if any players <laughs> came near they got nuked and shit um i haven't really been back to it since then but i would love I, you know I, I definitely will basically when the uh, xbox series version comes out oh yeah when yeah is, um i'll go back to it
1: that's it because you were saying about how you know people sort of you know look down their nose about yeah dedicating so much time to covering one game or whatever but with gta 5 what like it's still a top
2: 10 yeah, best-selling yeah, yeah, yeah. game and when it comes top, out it's probably top five right there's, there's yeah and people will complain, ahead, complain
1: about it like oh, being re-released again for the new consoles but yeah. like the second it comes out it's going to be fucking number one that week guaranteed. absolutely absolutely you know um you know, and it's justified don't... because it's like they're good games yeah like even forget. offline don't forget it was an
2: Xbox 360 game, PS3 yeah. game, do you know what I mean? And now it's a PS4 yeah. and um Xbox One game. You can play the enhanced edition. You can get the PC version. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just forever living. Do you know what I mean? I know. Like, it makes just me Just constantly wonder, feeding it content. They
1: obviously, will make a, they obviously will be working on a new one. But yeah. I wonder if it's going to get to a point where... It's like Fortnite or whatever, where it just becomes an app, basically. Yeah, maybe, maybe and it's a just cta and it just updates, and there'll be yeah. seasons of like new content, and there'll be single player content and stuff I, like that. I
2: would have thought so. Like, that's the best thing about Fortnite, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's a completely different game to what it was six months ago, and six months before that, and six months before that. You know, now it's a place where you go to watch a concert. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's fucking brilliant. I love that. I love that. um You know. And and the crossovers and, and all the branding and stuff they do, I think it's really exciting. I think it's, it's still kind of leading the way in what it is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But back to uh, VG247. So you yes. were
1: covering these 10 games for a while, and then that obviously sent your audience numbers higher. Yeah, traffic, traffic was like, higher. Traffic
2: went, you know, record numbers. You know, yeah. You've know, got to remember, like, we're not the team. We're not the, the size of IGN or... Uh, GameSpot or something like that, or even Eurogamer. You know, like we're we're never more than eight people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah. So we got the traffic up, which meant we got more money from advertising, which meant we could hire more people and do more and cover more games. So you know, yeah. we we went back to I, you know, we opened the doors again and, and went wider. Um, but it just meant that we could once we'd done that for two years, it meant we could become diverse we could uh use the site to get different voices on the site uh whether they're yeah. freelance or full-time and kind of really push different ways of looking at games i think i think did did well to do that.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and we got you know got the site in a really good place i think um you know yes we used guides uh to, to help grow <laughs> yeah. but there's no shame in that do you know what i mean no. like if if, if people um, have a problem and they need a solution. Let's give them the the very best solution that we can create, the best solution they can find. Which I did with, with yeah. certain games like Destiny Two and GTA, uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, I want to say a Ubisoft game, uh, the Division, the first Division yeah. we went bad for the first, Division. Um, <laughs> and it, you know it made off.
1: Nice. What are, the, what are the some of the things you're most proud of from your time at VG Twenty Four Seven?
2: um personally i wrote a piece about how i got to level 100 in gta online that i think is one of the best <laughs> things i've ever written and i i always refer to that if that's for a sample of my work okay, but i we'll think put you know
1: link in the description of the yeah. podcast yeah okay <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh no okay oh no uh, but like beyond beyond that um like what i really enjoyed doing was being like i enjoyed like it's gonna sound like a bit cocky but i enjoyed being boss cause it meant that i could we could bring in loads of different voices so that I wasn't right. Yeah. Like I'm, I can only write from my perspective and that's boring after a while. So let's yeah. bring in, like we brought in loads of different voices, um, from different diverse backgrounds. And it, it was kind of a take. It was, it was a given from the start. To be honest. We just opened that further, you know, mm. um, we were only a small team, but I was in the UK. Pat was in France. Uh, Brenna was in Australia, uh, Sharif's in Egypt, Steph's in Kentucky, uh, you know, Alex is in uh, Birmingham, Uh, (laughs) you know, and then we got, you know, we got Kirk from the north of England, we got, um, you know, uh, we got James from Manchester, we got Lauren from uh, Scotland, you know, like, they're not, they don't, that might not seem incredibly diverse, but they're not straight white middle class boys, straight from college, which is where, you know, London media Sense of that, I don't want to slag those. People. Like we were, you know, not saying we were pioneers, well, I mean, just, but we definitely, no, yeah. But did we did everything we could to get new, diverse teams, voices, especially when it came to VLAN. Yeah, so I'm proud of that. Nice.
1: Um. So, but you recently left.
2: Yeah. So I stepped away from VG24Seven and six months, kind of back, to, uh, like commercial work for game network. That yeah. was fine pandemic hit right so yeah. and everyone questions their life during a pandemic um you know and i just thought i just can't continue to work for a company i, I want to work for myself right? yeah do my own thing and be on my own now fuck the man yeah yeah do you know what i mean like <laughs> honestly like it's obvious, but working five days a week two days off shit deal like, yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bomb deal man I'd, 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 <laughs> i'm happy to earn less and Work less, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so long as I yeah. pay the bill. Um, I don't I'm not in it to make, yeah. um, so I decided to kind of quit go freelance. At the same time, that I was making that decision and going through the pandemic in 2020, I started, um, I went back to college just to do evening classes, uh, uh printing, yeah. so screen printing, dino printing, lithographs, uh, riso printing, uh, all, all the different printing techniques. You know, engraving and stuff, burning, uh, burning acid, burning metal away in acid and stuff like that. All yeah, these like, yeah. kind of like old school, um, old school printing technique, basically. And I wanted yeah. to do that one, because I enjoyed that kind of creative aspect It Felt like the complete opposite to video games, right? And, <laughs> yeah. You know, getting dirty, getting hands-on. So I did that. At, well, luckily that coincided. I finished the last evening of that johnson announced the first lockdown oh sure. uh, so it's really good time in, in that yeah time. uh so throughout 2020 i was thinking about how, what do i do for my job and i was also doing loads of artwork just sitting at home yeah. buying cards so but recently so this year i kind of left um doing game media behind and yeah. now i've kind of set up to do two separate things i guess one is like media and editorial consultancy. So I help uh companies, retailers, um write their website, write PR copy, marketing copy, internal communications, brand identity, I help yeah. their, their social media, that kind of stuff, which is interesting and rewarding and good good fun meeting lots of cool people. But then also I'm kind of doing my own artwork on the side. Yeah. Um I'm trying to turn that into a you know a semi-viable career as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because um, I kind of need that creative outlet.
1: So, what kind of things are you doing? You mentioned prints. Is that yeah. largely your your bread and butter, or do
2: you do drawing? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> so it's, my main things are like illustration, and then from that, it, it can be turned into screen printing or lino yeah. printing or T-shirts. Uh, stickers, kind of like pop art, basically, posters. Um, And I guess when it comes to the the art that I'm doing, it fits into three categories. One is my own personal stuff that I put on Etsy and sell myself, you know, for for pennies. So that's T-shirts and stickers and posters. And then there's commissioned art that I'm doing for other companies. So Mm -hmm. I've done T-shirt design. I've done illustrations for a magazine. I've done an apron bizarre oh, wow. it was, yeah, it was, it's cool. Like it's cool, man. um You know, and and posters and stuff for for commissioned work. um And then, yeah, you know, I guess the third thing is just my own kind of personal art, kind of do sick. Hold that for thought,
1: because okay, the postman's just arrived. Okay, get the post. <laughs> get the post.
2: I'm going to talk while, while Rob's gone to, to get the post. I don't I don't know what I should say. I'm looking at Robbie's, uh house where he's podcast he's got a black sabbath flag over the bed which is pretty they've cool. got loads of satanic worshipping stuff on his bookshelves and on the and he's wearing a ball digital t-shirt expect, but now he's back to a stop talking
1: okay cool right <laughs> so you were talking so the three things so you do uh uh, you do your things for your Etsy, you do yeah. your commissions. Yeah. And then what was the third thing? The third one is me about?
2: experimenting with art and wondering oh, if it. I yeah, can yeah. do more with it, than just uh what else I can do with it, basically. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, getting covered in paint and seeing very Nice.
1: Yeah, that's good. So had you always been interested in doing art and creative stuff? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I went, I went to art. I did. Uh, bit at college for three years and then I went to art college oh, wow. and when I was at art college that's when I uh specialized in journalism bizarrely it was an art <laughs> college that it was an art college that also did media right right okay uh, yeah, I won't yeah, I yeah. won't describe it as a university because it wasn't do you know what I mean yeah um so yeah I specialized in journalism because I enjoyed writing um yeah and you know and at the time I was probably reading like William Burroughs and you know all these of kind of gonzo journalists and, um, yeah yeah people like that um, so yeah, that was my, my trip at the time. So yeah, I, that's where I first and Yeah. So it's nice to come back. Um, but yeah, what, um, what teenager is influenced by, you know, heavy metal album covers, and, you know, <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Like Iron Maiden album covers and yeah. fucking anthrax and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if you love that shit, then you, you appreciate the art. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like flaming skulls and, you know bats being punched in the face by meatloaf or whatever do you know <laughs> what i mean I, i'm into that shit let's do it i wonder
1: um, if i wonder if people are still inspired by album covers because like i was the same i i was obsessed with album covers when i was yeah. a kid and like 100 it was exactly the same album covers it was master of puppets and power slave and stuff yeah, like yeah. that that like my brother had and i was like what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> yeah, and it made me want to listen to the music, Probably, and it made me um,
2: want to d- draw stuff. I th- I think they odds If you maybe not on the definitely not on the same scale, but if you look yeah. at things like um, uh, if you go back to video games and you look at the influence of video games and maybe the merch that spins off it. So um, who's the, um, the guys who print vinyl records in the UK It's all video? Um, oh
1: um there's laced records that we've yes done some lace. so yeah. look
2: at lace look at the the detail and care they put in their packaging right you've got the yeah, beautiful yeah. artwork that's from the video game but it's represented they come with fold outs they come with vinyl that's got you know splashes of color a it. so yeah i think that's still pretty influential yeah I, that's you know, true and video game artwork is very influential, video game right? artwork so, is very um, influential if you you know you get trends of pixel art and things like that but also you get I mean, you can slag off games for looking very similar, right? But you yeah. can also get games, even mainstream games like Control, right? Which is like using brutalist architecture, yeah. but then um, psychedelia over the top of that. So you walk yeah. into like what, what looks like a block of flats and then there's all these kind of trippy visuals come in and then they take something really common like um, a regular phone but turn it into a magical device. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think like inspirationally and, you know, visually, those create. Inspiration piece as well so yeah you know maybe people aren't that influenced by album covers anymore. I think they are by other visuals
1: yeah definitely does did video games inspire any of your artwork
2: yeah to an extent I think (laughs) um yeah when something distinctive happens you know yeah I mean they're not the main inspiration um but I think there are like like I said controls control was something that stuck me visually quite a lot recently yeah i Um, love that as well trying to think i'm sure there is.
1: there probably is what are your what are your biggest kind of i mean do you have like favorite artists or uh yeah i mean yeah trains or styles that inspire you yeah i think
2: so like i mean there's loads i think you know you can slag off instagram for being you know awful social media but slaves to the algorithm whatever but you know i wouldn't have seen half the amazing art and inspiration that i see without without looking at that i mean totally you know, there's where do you start i mean i'm I like I, I love skateboard art right so you know like yeah. there's the illustrations by uh ed Templeton. um yeah liam liam plant who does stuff death skateboards that's pretty amazing kind of uh dark illustrations uh tim Barron a lot of kind of zombies and stuff yeah um and then i guess in kind of terms of like stuff that's influenced by like 80s comics there's people like Lamour supreme and uh wooden cyclops uh crocodile jackson does some pretty wild shit wizard of barge do you know what i mean like check out check <laughs> all out all wizard names. of barge that's some fucking amazing <laughs> shit. and then uh, like in terms of printing uh a guy called tom hook uh does an evil print okay. uh it does some really good wooden carvings print from wooden carvings like uh yeah, woodcuts basically yeah. uh ben Ryder does a lot of amazing screen prints I hear, uh zombie speed um <laughs> uh, electric Cala- calavera does a lot of screen lino prints with like painting over the top yeah um and then like uh illustrators uh uh beam machine uh ruth someone um Ruth Mora, or Moira, I think, uh, known as Meme Machine on Instagram. She does some amazing kind of Rizzo prints and illustrations. Uh, yeah. yeah. People like that.
1: Wow. So, any hopes and dreams
2: for the future? Well, for my future, I think, for your you know, I like to try and strike the balance of um, doing two or three days a week uh, of kind of editorial work, publishers, and developers details and then two or three days a week doing doing the art doing it as a creative outlet but also doing commissions. people yeah. um, I'd like to do more t-shirt designs, I like clothing designs, general yes yeah. you know, I'd love to do records, I'd love to do some skateboards, I'd paint my own skateboards at the minute, would do that on scale for a, for a proper brand, that'd be pretty cool um, I like, I'm a big fan of posters, I think posters kind of the idea of a poster has kind of uh, been taken over as just an advertising format, but it yeah. shouldn't be, you know, like a giant piece of artwork that's produced cheaply and you can buy for a tenner, um, yeah. produced on mass scale. That, that's the kind of artwork I like. I like to do that thing where I can. Um, but yeah, I'd like to keep doing that. Make a bit of money from it. I can, can get inky and dirty
1: well you heard the man folks uh help matt
2: help me out i <laughs> <laughs> gotta feed i gotta feed the babies man I've got to, I've got to buy <laughs> i got got my new shoes you know i'm hungry i'm starving artist like, uh, yeah
1: um well uh where can uh people find your art or where can they learn more about your uh work with video games
2: so um at freshmatic is is my main thing on instagram um it's, uh fresh m-a-w-t-c yeah uh you could email me freshmatic at gmail dot com um i have an etsy store etsy slash uh, etsy dot com forward slash freshmatic um, just google freshmatic and uh good branding you'll either get me or i think there's an american uh cleaner like like a cleaning product called freshmatic, <laughs> like um you know you'll either get me or you'll get your t-shirts white you'll get the yellow <laughs> yeah, well, from underneath <laughs> your armpit either way it's a winner right beautiful um, so yeah that, that's me on the internet love it
1: Well, uh, well, I think, but thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm
2: love. i I'm a big fan of, of uh, Devolver and, and their game. I've I played a lot and bought, and they're cool. So, thanks what's for
1: having me. F- what's your favourite Devolver game?
2: Uh, I would say, so I was a big fan of Hotline Miami. I've recently been playing Death Door, which is great. I love that kind of game. It's kind of an old school adventure game right yeah which takes me back to those mega drive games that i was talking about you know yeah. it, it reminds me of um the Landstalker stalker on, on mega drive um I you played that. yeah it's like an isometric kind of adventure of um so yeah Death Star was great um i was a big fan of titan souls i was a big fan of um although i didn't finish it um crossing souls yeah right crossing souls yep. Yeah, like 80s RPG flavor. That's, that's great. Got, you know, that's yeah, got that's all great. the references that, you know, live in my head. Um, yeah. So that was great. Uh, but I think my favorite is Road Force. Like, you know, talk about side-scrolling, adventure, shooter things, you know, with two players. I, 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 I have that on pretty much, yeah. on, yeah. I um, That has been downloaded, played, completed. Downloaded, played. <laughs> yeah. and then and then again my children do you know what i mean just because it's and it's really, it gets pretty really tough mate. so yeah
1: magic well thanks again matt thank um, you um i'm gonna cut back into our little sign off now uh yeah. so thanks everyone for listening right okay i'm gonna press stop well uh thanks matt it's been a joy uh, having you on here. Hopefully people that have listened uh, have learned a little bit of more about what goes on in the world of video game journalism. <laughs> um, well, the, thanks everyone at home. Uh, you can follow Matt at Freshmatic uh, everywhere. And you can follow us at Devolver Digital um, everywhere as well. Um Boom. There you go. That's it. Anything JM from you? Do you wanna have the last word? Have the last word.
0: man, <laughs> I, <think> I panic. <laughs> <laughs>